Hey friends, this is uh, Randy Hartman and Doug Levengood joining you for our first inaugural podcast. Uh, we have yet to come up with a name, so tentatively we're going to go Randy and Doug talk about things and stuff while recording. It's a little long, so we're hoping to come up with something a little more succinct, but for the time being, that's what we're going to stick with. Uh, this is really uh, sort of a beta episode for us as we kind of get our feet under us. It was just a, a whim, two buddies that have been friends for a long time, uh, getting back together and reconnecting and plenty to talk about. So uh, without any further ado, we thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm going to pitch it to Doug. Doug's going to give a little bit of background on us and our relationship. And we'll give you a little bit of context and then go from there. Hey, Randy. Thanks, man. Uh, first of all, thank you for, uh, for, for coming up with this idea. This is tremendous. Really excited to be, uh, have an opportunity to carve out time to be, to talk to you and to, to just kind of maybe talk to others. Who knows? We'll see where this thing goes, but just to give us an opportunity to, to be deliberate about our, our friendship and uh, excited about that. Um, so, so real fast for, for those of you who don't know me and you know, Randy and um, I, I, and Randy have been friends for, for decades now. I mean, going on three decades. And uh, we met when we were in sixth grade, Sunrise Elementary in uh, Redmond slash Woodenville, Washington. And uh, we, we were buds because uh, we got placed in the same baseball team and then had opportunities to play with one another at recess and, and kind of uh, take care of one another maybe uh, and, and show, um, yeah, friendship. And, and we lived real close to one another. And uh, boy, that our friendship grew. We got along with each other's families. Uh, I have two brothers, got along really well with Randy. And then he has a brother and a sister and I got along great with them as well. And, and they became part of my family really. And uh, we were friends all the way through high school, even though Randy went, uh, went to a different high school and, and moved down to uh, Arizona. Um, we went to college together though and we're roommates up at Western Washington University in Bellingham, Washington. Go Vikings. And, um, go Vikings. And uh, our, our friendship just really has never stopped. We've, we've moved away. My family and I moved away. My wife and I moved away for, for decades while well, I joined the Navy. And, and we were um, overseas as well as, you know, in Hawaii and on the East Coast. Uh, but recently just moved back. And I, I uh, settled in Gig Harbor here and um, with, my, with my three kids and, and my, my wife, Kate. And we are excited to be back in the Northwest and really anxious to, to kind of rekindle friendships and, and uh, spend quality time with uh, those people that we love. So that's, uh, that's kind of a little bit of a background about how, how Randy and I met and how we got here. Uh, Randy, why don't you uh, share a little bit about where, how, what you've been doing these last 30 years? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm gonna be a little more specific about how we met or at least the incident that I remember uh, how we met. Sunrise Elementary, uh, both of us are new to Woodenville. I had moved back from New Jersey. Uh, I believe you had moved over from, is it Issaquah at the time or were you back in Minnesota? We were in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Minnesota. And uh, we were, neither of us knew, knew really anybody. And we were playing the age old game of butt ball, forgive my language. Uh, butt ball in the sixth grade was about as coarse as we would get. But that's, for those that don't know, probably had all different kinds of names. Uh, somebody would throw a tennis ball at the wall and you had a chance to catch it with one hand. If it hit your hand and you did not hold on to it, you then had to race to touch the wall before the next uh, little punk picked it up and hit the wall with the tennis ball. Once you got, you lost the race to the wall, um, 
four times, spelling B-U-T-T, you then had to stand against a wall and uh, let the rest of the kids throw the ball at you and try to injure you. Fun game in sixth grade, but uh, I, I lost. I didn't have the best of hands. And uh, Doug, I turned around and Doug picked up the ball and I, I thought I was in trouble, but he looked at me, he gave me a grin and a wink and says, I got you, bud, you're okay. So uh, I still ran to the wall because I didn't want anybody to think he was playing favorites. And uh, at that point, from then on, I knew this guy was one I wanted in my corner. So uh, 40, 32 years later, so feels like 40. Feels it like does. 40. It feels like 50. But um, I am so excited to have he and his family back in the area and to reunite and reconnect. And uh, 2020's really forced us into a lot of all of us into this video chatting and speaking and we thought hey maybe this will be something if for nothing else our moms will enjoy hearing us talk to each other again if if you're out there hello mrs loving good and uh hello mom debbie uh with that you know bigger story my family i came out of school western went into corporate banking did that in downtown seattle for a number of years uh jumped and joined my dad in in a family produce brokerage business about 16, 17 years ago, and we've just been scaling that up since. So my brother and I uh, run, run the produce company in Bellevue, Washington. Um, we just started a, a cold storage warehousing company down in the Yakima area. And uh, I've married my wife, Stephanie Hartman, um, a number of years ago. If I had to be, what is it? That's seven, good. Good way seven, to be vague. Eight. Maybe. I hope she doesn't listen to this. I think it was seven, seven years ago last summer. So uh, we have two beautiful boys, Jacob and Cole, uh, five and three. Love them very much, but would love the opportunity to miss them occasionally as well. Don't get a lot of that anymore. We are together uh, 100% of the time. So that's one of the great things and challenges of 2020, which we'll get to and talk to talk more about. So with that said, um, wanted to get into the first kind of chunk. What we've been brainstorming might be somewhat interesting is we each get to ask each other two topical questions, kind of top of mind things that might be uh, in the media or the newspaper or just interesting to the two of us. Uh, we get to ask each other and, and let each other kind of answer it before we get in the nuts and bolts of this conversation. So I'll ask the first question, Doug, what do you think of the Seahawks 12 and four finish uh, as of this afternoon? And what do you think going into the playoffs? Yeah, great question, Randy. Um, man, I'm excited about the Seahawks chances in, in the playoffs here. Uh, I watched that game. I watched most of the games this season and as a self-professed uh, sports expert and specifically Seattle sports expert, um, I think that uh, they're probably – going to be one and done. I hate to go on the record and do that, but uh, I don't, I don't see their, their offenses was cruising at the beginning of the season. They just seem to be struggling. Now they're going to play the Rams who maybe they're going to handle, but then, then they're going to end up maybe facing a, a team like green Bay or new Orleans. It's going to be challenging to get past them. Well, that um, wouldn't make them one and done, right? If they, they could get past the Rams. I think they'll get one win and then they'll be done. Get that. Yeah. It. Yeah. So 
I, I'm excited that they're in the playoffs. I mean, Seattle sports is great when, when there's a team that you're excited to root for, for sure. You know, I was in the Navy for 20 years. Every time I, every time the Seahawks were on, man, I was trying to tune in. I'd go to Buffalo Wild Wings or the sports bar just to see the game. And, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I don't have high hopes though, uh, especially with today's news. Jamal Adams looked like he got dinged. Uh, that could be, could be bad news for the old Seahawks defense, which has been looking really good recently. So um that's my, that's my thoughts. Hey, my turn back to you. Uh, we have some political um, excitement happening this week, right? So after the craziness of 2020, we, we kind of get back to a, what they call a runoff in Georgia, right? So the, uh, for the Senate, and there's two seats that are up for runoff. And I would love to hear your thoughts on, uh, number one, what's going to go down, and, and number two, just kind of your general, general thoughts. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And after uh, 2020, I think we probably all suffer from a little bit of political fatigue. So I've not been paying a ton of attention to it. But as far as what's going to go down, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on where news I, I absorb and read who's got the lead down there. It sounds like Democrats are out to an early lead, but they tend to uh, pre-vote. And then Republicans, as we saw in the presidential election, tend to vote day of. And I'm not sure where Georgia stands on mail-in ballots and all that. And that's, that's kind of what caused, I think, I mean, I should know, obviously, because that's probably what's causing a lot of the issues that we're seeing in Georgia. Um, I don't know with Trump's call. I don't know if you saw that they released that today. Trump's call with the Secretary of State uh, in that uniqueness, regardless of how you fall on, on either side of the aisle, to be able to hear and listen in on something like that was pretty fascinating. Um, but my personal hope is that Purdue and Loeffler win, that they maintain, the Republicans maintain control of the Senate. And uh, I think politically, I do tend to lean right. So, but that's not really the reason in, in this situation. I, I appreciate a government that has balance either way. It always concerns me a little bit when one party gets a little more control than the other uh, or, or has full control and they can kind of just press their agenda through when 50% of society doesn't want it. So um, I, I hope that the Republicans maintain control of the Senate, that those two win. Again, I don't know their political stances on anything, so don't get mad and start calling, texting, or tweeting me um, for anything specific. But I just think as far as general pol political environment overall, uh, it'd, be, it'd be for the best. So uh, my turn to you. 2020, challenging year. You and I both, um, we, we uh, share a faith. And um, with that, I wanted to ask you, do you have a Bible verse or anything you've really leaned into or found encouraging or enlightening in, in the last year when we faced a lot of these challenges? Yeah. Um, 2020 was definitely a challenging year, I think, for everybody. Um, I, I think you and I maybe managed to avoid a lot of um, heartache and, and so forth. But uh, there, there were some some emotional challenges to be sure. And I found myself kind of leaning on, on verses that I had memorized either in high school or college or, you know, during my time in, uh, in the NAV. Um, and one in particular is obviously the 23rd Psalm. Everybody knows the 23rd Psalm, right? It's, it's you know, the Lord is my shepherd. And uh, boy, I kind of leaned on that. And during these challenging times, I would found some comfort in, in that, in, in understanding that, um, that's bigger than me and, and that, that God has a plan and boy, it's not going to be for me to understand it. And um, I found comfort in that. And 
boy, I, I really hope that we can provide a little bit of comfort to others, you know, in our, in our day to day and, and uh, maybe bring some of those, um, some of that comfort to them. So that's one verse that was, that stuck with me or one, one book. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Randy, back to you now, brother. Um, favorite books of 2020. There's a lot of downtime. I think, you know, no traveling sports were limited for a good portion of the summer. Um, did you, do you have any books that you kind of, kind of leaned on or, or really enjoyed? Uh, great question. Uh, not a lot of downtime, to be honest with you. Five, with a five and three year old kid uh, that do not appreciate or enjoy sleep, do not play together well, do not play individually well, uh, downtime was few and far between. So I didn't read it near as much as I would have liked to. Um, let me think. A, a couple that come to mind, nonfiction. I think this is from a couple of years ago, but I finally read it this year, was Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. I found that good and, and informative and helpful in a, a season where uh, it, it was a little challenging to kind of wrap your head around, like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to navigate this business environment that we're in? How am I going to keep our team uh, encouraged? And so there was, was some gems in there that I was able to take away. Uh, another nonfiction, a friend, I don't know if you remember, but Brian Causey um, went to Woodenville High School with us, a couple years younger than us, went to Western, recently uh, just wrote and released a book called Trading Gods, and uh, it was really good. It's, it's his own personal story of, of faith after 9-11 uh, and, and kind of his transition and, and thoughts on theology and all that. So highly recommend it to anybody listening, Trading Gods, Brian Causey. Um, I'm in the middle of, or close to the end of becoming a King, which I really like. I won't go into details, but like more to know more about it, but it's been really enlightening. And then fiction, my wife strongly encouraged, she loved the book where the crawdads sing. And so she gave it to me and told me to read it. And when she says to do things, I do it. And so, uh, yeah, I got into that. I don't read a ton of nonfiction, but I found it good and a decent escape. So that's that's it for me hey we should have uh some of those authors on if we could if we could uh yes. sometime have an author on to interview them that would be, be awesome yeah 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 we'll figure out how to do that um i know uh i know brian would be interested in, in chatting with us and i think i've got i learned a ton from the book so i think uh we both would and be a good opportunity for us to kind of do a deeper dive in it too um so come up with with the good right questions um, for that. So, um, but moving on. Okay, that's both of us got our two questions. Now let's move in. Primary topic um, we discussed talking about because every radio station, podcast, article, blog post is probably doing this. So to be consistent, we think we should too as well. Uh, 2020 biggest takeaways. Yeah, I know it's a big question. There's a lot of ground to cover. There. It is. It is. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take callers on line one whenever they want to call in. Um, boy, it has been uh, kind of a whirlwind. So speaking from, from my, my own side, like my wife and I decided, hey, we're, we're done with DC. We lived in DC before this. We, we moved from that side of the country here. We were building a house. It, it took a minute. There was a delay because of COVID. And, and so we had ended up living with my, with my in-laws for longer than we thought we would. So, you know, five people inside of, you know, 600 square feet, which was amazing that we had that, but boy, it was, it was crazy. 
and and yeah, fifteen year old and an eleven year old and nine year old all on all on top of one another. They need their own space. They need their own things. Um, and, and what I'm what I was amazed at is that is that at the end of that time, which ended up being close to five months of living in that sort of scenario, we all still talk to each other and uh, we valued one another and um, enough to to you know work through some really hard times. There was it was not rainbows and unicorns by any stretch. There were some challenges. And um, I, I'm really thankful that we had that opportunity to work through that, right? So there was, there was the pandemic, there was, you know, crazy political things, there was, there was racial tension and a lot of things that are really hard to deal with and talk about to kids. And, and um, learning, learning how to, to work through some of those things has been valuable. And I, I think it'll make us stronger for, for future, you know, and, and we'll see what, what kind of comes down the pipe here in 21 and, and so on. But um, it's definitely challenging. And I, I think we, we got a lot out of that. Doug, you're, you're an oldest, at least, is in a place to really be seeing a lot of that and a lot of what was going on this year, pondering it, I assume. He's a bright Certainly. kid, definitely yeah. asking you questions and stuff about it. Did you find it challenging as a dad and for you and Kate as parents to navigate that and know? Because it's new to you too, right? I know yeah. when my ask me questions probably not near as sophisticated as you're getting that I do have challenges uh, knowing how to answer because I've never I kind of take it for granted like hey here's how I think about it but can I actually explain myself to a five-year-old right right and I think we all think we're gonna we're gonna tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth right from the beginning and stuff yeah. but that looks different for your five-year-old than it does to a 14-year-old right so the the ability to process different things is is vastly different for, for kids, uh, depending on their age. So we, we were careful with how we, we talked about different things, but we were always truthful and we'd say, Hey, this is what happened in, in Minneapolis, for example. And this is what's happening, um, at, with the protests all around the country, which, you know, uh, were, were dramatic for, for a lot of, a lot of people to see and, and participate in, in some cases. And, um, yeah, there was, but we found that telling the truth and trying to be forthright, was probably our best policy. And we always wanted to do that. We, I don't know if we did, you know, I think looking back now, there's probably moments that were missed uh, opportunities. We could have um, spent more time talking about what was in the news uh, or, or just kind of talking about life and, and, you know, it, it's easy to get caught up and be like, Oh, we're so busy. I've got work and, and Kate's teaching the kids and, and this and that. But um we're we ho we're hopeful that as we look back, we were we were deliberate and thoughtful with the conversations we had, especially with the with the fifteen or fourteen now fifteen year old. So, yeah. well, I'm sure knowing the two of you, you're uh, anything if not thoughtful. So there's no doubt that you guys were really deliberate in the conversations. I'm sure, and without being in the middle of what we were this year and seeing so much of it, you wouldn't have probably been prompted to have those conversations anyway. So, so whatever you did have, I'm sure was perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it was perfect, but it certainly was enlightening and, and it, um, we're glad we did it. We're glad we had it. We're glad we had those opportunities and we'll see where, where we go from here, you know, in terms of what these kids have been exposed to and what they've learned and what their world looks like now moving forward. So, yeah, absolutely. How about you? What, what, what's some big takeaways or a takeaway uh, for, for team Hartman and specifically you? For Team Hartman, I think uh, I, I mentioned it briefly in my intro. Um, I think 
big takeaway is I love my family, but I'd also like the opportunity to miss them more. Um, I won't elaborate on that. That won't be a surprise to them, I'm sure. Um, and I think, what I, and I joke a little bit on that. I, I really, it has been a unique season and to have that much time together, uh, for those not in Washington state that may be listening, we're pretty shut down. And, uh, the last three months have been pretty cold and rainy and, and with the three-year-old and five-year-old, you don't it, getting outside and running them is a uh, part of the strategy and not a lot of opportunity to do that the last couple months. And so, yeah, it's, it's been challenging. I'm working from home. Uh, my wife is a fifth grade teacher. She is working from home uh, full time. And we have a kindergartner who's trying to do school from home. So that is, uh, it's messy. And I, I think from everybody we're talking to in similar situations, everybody's situation is a little messy. Uh, it's a unique one to them and their household, but it's also pretty collectively messy. I think we're all experiencing it together. So what I've found in that is that there's an immense amount of grace that individuals have for each other. I felt it from a business standpoint where there's a certain level of professionalism we would be expected to have and we'd expect our team to have. Um, but, you know, like my brother said, having your kid pop up behind you and burp in your ear now while you're on a phone call isn't seeing like what's going on over there. It's like, huh, okay, you're doing the best you can, right? And so I think it's been helpful, hopefully, that we are all learning to extend each other uh, a lot more grace. And, um, and we, I know we've seen it. And we're very grateful for it. Um, I think from a professional standpoint, I've learned we can effectively work from home. We, we decided with our team here that we're going to shut down our, our office in Bellevue and, and remove remotely and, and then we'll keep our warehouse and all our team over there will be in it. But as far as our office space that so we've been able to pivot and transition to a fully remote workforce, hopefully without losing much efficiency. Uh, so that was a good takeaway to see kind of, professionally our, our team's resilience. So I've been really impressed and grateful for that. It takes a lot of boldness from you guys to, to make that call to do that. It's pretty, I, I admire that boldness. Well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I think, you know, what's that saying? And I know I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up poorly, but um, oh, what is it? Challenge is the, uh, I messed it up. I can't even think of it. But anything that forces forces you to kind of, we didn't really have a choice, to be honest, right? I mean, when the state says everybody's got to go home, shut down your your office, well, we got to do that. And we wanted to do that. And we want to do that for our team and individually keep everybody safe. So there wasn't a lot of choice there. And then when you do it, it forced us to really work on our systems. And uh that we, we had systems that have been developed over the last 20 years that we had to quickly adjust. And we didn't think in the short term that we were maybe going to be able to, but our team came together and really um, worked to come up with some new, better, better processes that really streamlined things. And I think we're a better company now as, as a result of it. So um, grateful for that. And uh, in the show notes, I'll come up with the quote or phrase that I, I was planning. It's one everybody knows. I'm sure anybody listening is like, hey, dummy, this is what you meant to say. But uh, <laughs> I doubt that. When, when you're on the spot, it, it's a little hard sometimes. But anyways, um, yeah, so I, I appreciate you seeing that. But uh, some of it was just necessity. Necessity is the mother of, of invention. 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 That's yes. what I was thinking for. And that's what it was. It was just necessity kind of 
um, required us to come up with uh, other other ways to do it. So um, we're hopeful to kind of get back at it. My son supposedly Bellevue School District is supposed to have him back in kindergarten in the classroom by next month. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, February, February of 21. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause things are constantly changing. So gotcha. we'll see, but, um, and then I, I think one of the other one is just how much I've taken for granted the little things, right? Like one thing I want Steph, my wife was asking me, what do you, what would you do? I think it was yesterday. What's the one thing you would do if you could? And it was, I would go grab a beer with a buddy and watch a college basketball game or a bowl game yeah. uh, at a bar somewhere. And I think those are things that I take for granted that I could have done at a drop of a hat uh, previously and now don't get to do. So just those relationship stuff and, and community and just realizing what a social creature I am, but I think we all are. I think we're all feeling that isolation a bit. So, yeah, no doubt, man. Those are all uh, significant takeaways, you know, as you look back and, and you hope, and, and I don't know how you keep, keep records of things. If you're, if you're like a journal guy, you know, or if you're, if you're like, oh, I'll put it in my phone and look back on it or, or, or anything. But I think that there has been a lot of growth, like personal growth. You know, I've read more this year than I, than I have in any previous year. I've, spent more time like you around family, uh, more than I have. And, and, uh, it's been, it's been interesting, certainly, a an eye opening, uh, growing year for me, for sure. I don't know how it couldn't be really for any of us. Right. I mean, what, what else do you have? You have a pretty contentious presidential election. You have a pandemic. Um, you have racial tensions, uh, you have vaccine, and arguments over masks and I mean just the almost the re, not ridiculous because it's all very important stuff but just yeah. the immense amount of information and stuff we were challenged with um, is almost just overwhelming here in Seattle we had CHOP which it, it's hard to believe that exists we obviously have a big defund the police movement but we're having rapid increases in crime uh, in the city as a result of it. And then people are screaming, well, why aren't the police answering same people that are asking us for defunding? I, I just, I feel like the world's spinning out of control at times, but my faith keeps me confident that we're all going to be okay. Um, but I did come away with one question that still hasn't been answered. I don't know who Karen is. Who Karen, is Karen, everybody? Karen, I, yeah, I think everybody's wanting to know who that is. Yeah, I keep getting called Karen and I can't figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. Nickname I've never heard before. But yeah, so I, I think those are my takeaways. Um, if you if you could take one thing like going into 2021, anything, uh, 2020 is going to change us all in some way, right? Anything top of mind that you could say, I think this is what, what it's going to do. This is how I'm going to be impacted. Here's one thing I'm going to change. Um, well, one thing that's, that's going to be tough. So I think, I think for me personally on, on a, on a work level, like it'll be much busier. Like, I think I'll be, I'll be much busier in 2021 than I, than I was in 2020 in terms of traveling and, and needing to take care of uh, the work that I do. Um, but I really have valued the time and I've grown accustomed to spending time with family and being deliberate with our time. So I think that if I can, somehow strike that balance 
of, hey, being busy, doing, doing work that, I'm, that I need to do, but also being deliberate with time and realizing that those quiet days are pretty special uh, for the long run and uh, developing, developing opportunities for your kids to grow and developing character in them. And, and uh, that would be one thing that I would probably try to put in my, in my wallet and take forward. Absolutely. How about you? Yeah, but really similar, actually. Right as I was asking you that question, I just wrote in front of me, um, just being more deliberate, I think, mm -hmm. in my relationships specifically. Obviously, with my family, I think we've grown immensely through this time. Uh, but also relationships like yours and a lot of my other buddies. And yeah. um, it's just being more deliberate, really recognizing the importance of those and how much I've missed them or probably at times taken them for granted. So really, hopefully, pouring more into that uh, in the coming year and not just going through the motions, but really being very present, present, and, um, again, deliberate. And, uh, then again, I, I, another thing I think is just living in a place of gratitude. It's something, it's been a word of mine here for the last year or two is really just kind of living in that place and just constantly being grateful for what is, whatever that is, but, but just being grateful for this existence, this time on earth, the the gifts, the family opportunities, uh, even the challenges. And so I think going through 2020, uh, going into the new year is just living in a place of gratitude. That's uh, great, man. I, I appreciate you sharing all that. Um, I think, I think this is going to be fun. I think you and I getting together to talk about these things and, and to share with, with people that we know or don't know will be uh, eye opening for, for both of us. So I'm looking forward to whatever, whatever this has for us. Absolutely, brother. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time to do this and go on this adventure. Um, anybody that does listen, again, it's probably just our moms and maybe a couple siblings. <laughs> maybe dads. Maybe dads. Maybe dads. Maybe hey, dads. Yeah. Um, and if, uh, if you did listen, though, thanks so much for, um, for checking us out. And this is our first. Hopefully it, it gets better. And, and uh, if you do have anything you know us personally that you think would be interesting to the hear or listen or subjects for us to talk about, shoot us a text or email us. Um, and I'll let you close it out, Doug, but uh, go Hawks. Yeah. Hey, go Hawks. And uh, thanks again. We hope to have a title for this thing uh, for the next time we were able to release an episode. So stay tuned. Take care guys. All right, brother. Bye. Thank you.